This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Catazone, and as you can see, this is another episode with a very special guest. We'll get to that later. First, Illinois against Maryland didn't quite go how we hoped, but nonetheless, State Farm Center was rocking. That was a good game. Yeah, this was a bummer because uh, I wrote most of the story that I, I had to do um, for, for the game in that first half. Like, I had the, the lead was down. Like, it, it, was, it was looking good. Um, and then we completely blew it in the second half. I had to rewrite mm-hmm. it, and uh, it was a bummer because I feel like if we won, it would have been way better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I thought, I, that's a little anecdote from, from what happened. Um, but, look, you can't score, what, 24 points in the second half after scoring 14 in the first half and expect to win a game. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, I mean, that game, start, it could not have started better. Every, Georgie made a three. Io made a three. Trent had a three. DeMonte made two threes. We were up 28 to 13, 28 to 15, nine minutes in. Like, we haven't seen that type of scoring from Illinois all year. Like, this is finally the offense that we were looking for. Then all of a sudden, last half of the the first half kind of fell apart. Maryland got back into it. Illinois went to the locker room with a 42 to 40 lead, I'm pretty sure. And then put up only 24 points in that second half, lost by nine um, I mean, two games we've played Maryland. We had a 14-point lead on the road and a 15-point lead at home. Lost them both. I think, first of all, it shows why Maryland is ranked in the top 10. Um, by the way, we dropped to 22 mm-hmm. after last week. So we're still a top 25 team with a chance to do more this week. But, I mean, output, the first 10 minutes of the game could not have gone better. The last 30, a lot that Illinois could improve on. Yeah, I, I think um, foul trouble played, played a role in this game. It, yeah. it seems to be coming back. I don't know where that, that's happening. Um, I know Brad Underwood after the game mentioned that he might keep guys in longer or, or sub them in sooner with foul trouble um, just because he, he's been very cautious in, in the, those last two games and it's kind of backfired on him. Um, so, you know, he's not that – like he, he's open to change. He's not that stubborn. Um, so he admitted that um, – Look, at the end of the day, we just start stop, you know, making buckets, stop driving to the hoop. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we settled for a lot, and and they weren't going in, and you can't really do that. The defense was good during during those droughts, but you can't just for for ten ten minutes in that in that first part of that second half, not drive the basket, try and find hoops that are easy. Like it seemed like we were giving up on it. Yeah, here's my thing. I got two things. First of all, in my opinion. The most important person for Illinois to not get into foul trouble is Trent. Yep. And he got into foul trouble. He missed, like, the entire last 10 minutes of the first half and didn't come back on until the beginning of the second half. So that does two things. First of all, it forces other guards into the game, 
like, you know, Alan Griffin or Feliz, who you do play a lot of minutes anyway, but they were in there more than usual. And that just opened up Anthony Cowan to just destroy us. And then they bring Trent back into the game, and this is what I'll never understand. You either play a zone or you play a man. And they played a 2-2 zone with Trent shadowing Cowan. Somebody was open the entire time. That's how Maryland was able to get back into the game, letting, ev- le- letting other people score. Jalen Smith had 11. Yeah. Um, Daryl Morsell had 18. And, they, and Wiggins was also in double digits. Plus, Cowan had 20. Like, you can't let all those guys be scoring. Like, I understand you are committing to try to stop Cowan, but why not just let Trent have him in man-to-man and let the rest of the guys play man-to-man? Yeah. Instead of a 2-2 zone against five guys, it, it just doesn't work the same to me. So that was a huge problem. I thought Georgie and Kofi both could have played a lot better. Um, you know, they both played 27 minutes and combined for only 12 points and 10 rebounds. They've had individual games better than those combined, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Maryland wasn't that big of a team. So th- those are guys I expected to be a little bit better. Um, Io played all but four minutes of the game. And, I mean, he was probably gassed towards the end. That's another factor, the fact that Trent was out for so long. You needed Io to eat up those minutes. And when he's usually that guy down the stretch, maybe he was a little bit too fatigued. Yeah, the you're absolutely right, and I want to – overbeat the uh, Trent Frazier drum but it, it he he's during the stretch of winning he wasn't getting lost in games remember you're talking I, I talked about the meeting year Trent's getting lost in games last two he's been lost mm-hmm. he you just Trent Frazier needs to be at the forefront of the Solana team he needs to be I own the I own Trent show um you know Kofi's doing all right but Kofi's struggling in the Big Ten because you know good centers he's 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 great player not to the next the next level that that Io and Trent should be, mm-hmm. or or Io is Trent should be. Um, he's getting in foul trouble. He's getting lost in games. He needs to be shooting like he needs to be like making these big moves towards the end. Like like we all count on Io to do that, but Trent also has to be doing the same thing. And if he only scores five points in a game, he only plays twenty four minutes in. Like come on. Yeah, and it's it's also the fact that like his only shots are like three seconds left on the shot clock fading away. They don't run plays for him anymore. I think they, they almost have abandoned him as a scorer in terms of the game plan. Like, Trent's offense is transition threes. That's about all he's providing right now. Transition threes and excellent defense on the other end. I know he can be more than that. And, and that's something we'll definitely look for against Michigan State. The other thing, I don't think we could ever give enough credit to Andres Felice for coming in and just getting buckets all the time. I think in that second half, he was fouled an awful lot going to the rack, and it didn't get called. Yeah. I it, think that happened way too much. That's another thing that I'll, I'll talk about, too, is free throws. Was, shooting was pretty awful. bad. Yeah, I mean, um, Georgie— Completely different game if you, if you make your free throws. I watched the game um, I watched the game as a fan, so I was, I was there with a couple of my friends. Georgie missed two free throws back-to-back in the first half. I said, can't miss both free throws. And the person I was with said, well, you can if you're up by this much— Later in the game, missed two more when it mattered. And I was like, still can't miss two free throws. You can't miss both. I think Georgia was 0 for 4. You can, that can't happen. You cannot have some – they're free points. They're literally called free throws. You know, they're supposed to be easy points. Illinois shot, I think, 50% from the free throw line or maybe a little bit above that. That's awful. Yeah, you got to be 70, 80, 90 even. Right. It, it, that was bad. Um, you make your free throws, totally different game. You're still in it uh, towards the stretch, and maybe you make a move towards the end and, and you win this game. 
look, this is a bad game. You played the number nine Maryland. You can't really expect to win this game, even though it was at home. Um, up next, you have Michigan State. Um, you've been able to shut down Cassius Winston with this crowd, with, with the way you've been playing minus these last two games. This Michigan State game should be a win. Yeah, I mean, this is the game I've had circled on my individual calendar all year long. I've been waiting for this rematch in Champaign. I thought the the game in Michigan State got away from them a little bit in the second half, kind of like this Maryland game that just happened. They uh, they were up the entire time, or at least in it the entire time, and then it kind of faded towards the end. Illinois should have a chance, a really good chance to win this game. Uh, Michigan State is coming off a loss against Michigan um, I mean, Cassius Winston still put up 20, and he probably will put up somewhere around there. But, you know, Illinois has shown that they can shut him down, and obviously there's other good players on that there's team. There's two guys that you're going to have to watch That offense for. really goes through Cassius Winston. Yeah, Cash, I'm not worried about Cassius Winston in this, in this game. Xavier Tillman's going to be really hard to guard, and so is Aaron Henry. Um, who, who draws the ma- – I mean, Trent on Cassius. Yeah. And then I'm, Io when Trent's not in the game. Who gets Tillman? Monte? I, it's hard to say. I think Aaron Henry goes to Io. Um, okay. And Georgie picks up Tillman. Georgie can't play defense. I know. That's, that's why I'm worried about this that's game. That's exactly what we Xavier said. Tillman. Xavier Tillman might score 20 on us. I, if I you recall what we said during the, the Maryland game, it was who's going to be guarding, um, what was it, Jalen Smith. And he ended up with a double-double. You know, yeah, like, eleven points. And, and it was we Kofi, were, I think, who had him all night, and which was we, good. We were afraid if Georgie would if Georgie had him. You know, so yeah. And Dante Scott was the second guy, only had seven. Or eh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, he had seven points. So Georgie wasn't, or whoever was guarding the four wasn't doing too bad. Um, I, I'm more worried about Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry going off in this game than I am Cassius Winston. Well, yeah, and if you're going to lose to Michigan State, that's the way you want to lose. Yeah. It, it, it has to be the type of game plan that we can't let Cassius beat us. I, see, I almost feel like he's a non-factor. Like, look, look, look at the last game. Tillman had 19 points. Cassius, Cassius had, had 21. 21. Which is, I mean, fine. He's the best player. But if you, if you guard Xavier Tillman tonight and keep him to at least 10, and hopefully Aaron Henry is just under that, and Cassius Winston scores 20 points, I'm all right with that. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully Cassius can get out um, or equalized by Io. Yeah. Um, Io likes playing against Michigan State. I mean, I don't know how else you could put it. He thrives against Michigan State. So um, I think he's going to need to be a big factor. Like we said, Trent is going to need to step up. I think either Alan Griffin or Feliz needs to have a huge game too. Um, and, I mean, aside from that, you just got to hope the bigs can be bigs. Mm-hmm. You know? Score prediction? I'm going to take Illinois winning it. I think we'll get, we'll get some points scored. We'll be in the 70s. Let's say Illinois 77, Michigan State 72. Illinois wins. No court storm because this is what's supposed to happen. happen. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I'm going to go with a win, too. I think Illinois has to almost, almost has to win this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I didn't want to call it a must win, but it at is. this point in the year – when you're trying to stay ranked and be near the top in the Big Ten and you just lost two straight against ranked teams, you need this one, especially at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, Illinois, 79. Um, Michigan State, 73. I just wanted to 
do a one. I thought you were right on. I would have said 77, 72 okay. if you hadn't said it before right. me. So we're um, going to put money on that exact score. Yeah, right. We're going to be rich. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anyways, that'll do it for our, our basketball talk. Up next, we have an interview with Riley O'Toole, former quarterback for the Illini. I talk a lot about the 2014 season, and uh, you know that's one of my favorite Illini teams, so it was fun talking to him. So uh, here it is up next. This week on Oski Talk, we have former Illini quarterback Riley O'Toole. Um, Riley, I, I kind of want to start off talking about the, the 2014 season, obviously. Um, going into it, it was the three-way battle between the quarterbacks. Can you like kind of recall like what that was like going into like uh, summer training camp? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was uh... Honestly, it's, it's it's pretty fun, but it's stressful. Um, I mean, I feel like I was, whether people agree with it or not, was in a quarterback battle every year. Um, yeah, it's stressful because every practice, and you see my, it seems like every mistake you make is under a microscope and all that stuff. But it was fun. Um, that 2014 season with Wes and Aaron, um, just a fun quarterback room. Everyone got, got along well. Um, the coaches did a good job of kind of giving everyone equal reps, um, and uh, it really was it was just a, a fun time. And thankfully, all three guys were, were good dudes, and, and everyone was kind of rooting for each other. Yeah, and, and and like you said, you you were always in contention there for for quarterback for a couple of years. But did you kind of pick up anything from from Shieldhouse too? Because um, I, I I remember in that season too, like you were certainly a dual threat guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't really come into college as someone that was necessarily known to run, but uh, obviously watching Nate, that was a big part of the offense. So um, when I was in there, we'd be running the same play. So I got to get a lot of reps with that. And eventually, um, I think I did all right for um, my lack of speed, but um, definitely picked up a lot from Nate. Uh, he was one of the smarter quarterbacks um, I've ever been around, so it was really fun to kind of learn uh, behind the scenes, kind of how to read coverages and, and what fronts and all that stuff. So it was really fun, and, and Nate was a real is a real close friend of mine, so that made it even more fun too. Yeah, and, and obviously too, you you played for two different coaches. Um, kind of, what was the difference between going from Zook to uh, Beckman in terms of style and stuff? Yeah, um, it was uh, it was a lot different. Um, and actually, we even had three offenses in those four years because uh, our sophomore year, Beckman's first year, they got rid of kind of that whole offensive staff. So then, and then Cubit came in after. But uh, the coaching styles, uh, Beckman was uh, seemed like a lot more hands on and, and um, kind of more into the X's and O's. And Zook seemed to be more of uh, joking around with you and and. Uh, not didn't seem like he had as much say as, as in like the defensive play calling and all that stuff. Um, seemed a little bit more laid back. Zook was and, and Beckman was a little bit um, more strict. Um, whether it was like uh, even setting up meetings and, and study hall and all that stuff. So definitely kind of completely different coaching styles. Mm-hmm. Do you do you keep in contact with either of those guys still? Uh, no. Every once in a while. I'll talk to Beckman. Um, Zuck, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Um, so, yeah, I keep in touch with uh, my position coaches. Um, 
more so. I mean, you spend a lot more time with, with those guys, especially with Zook and Beckman were historically defensive coaches. So mm-hmm. uh, they spent more time on that side of the ball. But um, Cubit, I talk to him all the time. And, and Coach Brom, we talk a few times uh, here and there. Um, so, yeah, we keep in touch. That's awesome. Um, just kind of want to get it a little bit more into the 2014 team. That that Penn State game uh, is kind of where I want to start off because that that was like certainly almost the turning point in the season. Even though it was it was one of the last two games, you kind of remember like the energy going into that one. Yeah, I mean it was uh, we had a big win and in, in uh, earlier in the year against Minnesota, um, which I think they were, were higher up in the the Big Ten, and um, so that was a big win on homecoming and. And I think that kind of gave us a little confidence that we can compete with some of these teams. And I mean, you go get t- towards the end of the season, and we had, we had two games left, and we had to win both to to get to a bowl game. So it was just kind of backs against the wall. Um, I know a lot of the seniors uh, we had some rough seasons in there, so it was kind of um, just go out swinging. And if we get to a bowl game, because we experienced that our freshman year, how fun and. Um, how great of an experience that was. And, um, yeah, like I said, backs against the wall. I just kind of gave it all we had for, for two games. Yeah, that, that last drive especially, like what was going through your head? Like got to lead this Illini team somewhere. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, everything just kind of moves so fast. You don't really sit back and think like, oh, gosh, this is good. Um, help us get to a bowl game. But, uh at that moment in time, I mean, you're just kind of thinking, especially for a quarterback, two-minute drill, you're thinking don't take a sack, get out of bounds, a completion or an incompletion is probably better than three yards, stuff like that. So you don't really have time to to think um, how big the moment is. Um, but that first play, I think it was the first play of the drive, it was uh, kind of a cool, cool memory. Mikey Dudek was in the slot into the boundary, and I told him, like, if they come out in cover two, so if they come out in a certain coverage, I'll give you a thumbs up um, to run kind of like a corner post route. And sure enough, they did that. and We got like 30 yards. So that was kind of a, a big chunk play to, to start that final drive, which is pretty cool and a cool memory for Mikey and I. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Mike. Um, that that was like one of his – that was his best year, I think, with the Illini, um, certainly. Kind of like, what was it like to have a freshman like like Mikey just come in and and, and be the the best wide receiver on the team? Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, he came in, he graduated early, so him and Chase Crouch were here with us that spring before. So um, honestly, it didn't really seem like he was a freshman um, just because he had been there for so long. But um, it's kind of cool to see guys like that. Um, I mean, I, I didn't anticipate Mikey to be a thousand yard receiver when he first showed up. I knew he was going to be really good but um it was really cool just because you see how work how hard he worked and um freshman typically you kind of just kind of show in don't talk much and that was kind of cool that he would just kind of go out and have 10 catches for 100 yards a game and and then you wouldn't hear hear a peep from him and you just keep keep on producing so it was pretty cool and he's such a great guy that it was a it's nice to see good guys uh, do well yeah, do you do you remember that moment when you were like, "Wow, this Mikey Dudek guy is the real deal"? Yeah, I mean, as soon as he got there, you see, like, we're doing one on ones in the off season. You just see how explosive he was. He was catching everything, and um, for a guy like that, I mean, 
as soon as you show up, you're not going to be really producing much during practice because you don't really know what's going on. But like in the individual times, one-on-ones where you kind of show your talent, it was, it was evident that he kind of had that extra gear. And then um, once he started picking up the offense and he has a really good feel for the game, it was, um, it was very obvious that he was going to be special. Yeah, and uh, the the other game I really want to talk about is the Northwestern game, the one that uh, following the Penn State game, uh, mostly because I was at that game. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I you know believe it or not, I was I was one of the best performances I've ever seen from an Illini team. Going into Evanston, did you guys just have like a different confidence? Because it, it felt like in that game you just dominated right from the start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, and they, I think they just beat Notre Dame too. So, um, and I or not the week before, but earlier in that year. So they, and then they had some injuries, but I mean, we were feeling good. We just beat Penn state. Nobody really thought we would. And then we're just like, I mean, we've come this far and, uh, seemed like Donovan young came along later in that year. And he's one of my closer buddies. So it was just kind of, he was one of my roommates and they're just, we're just kind of like, this is our last game. If we lose, like that's it. But if we win, we go to a bowl game. We got, 15 more practices or whatever and we get to go we didn't know at the time but we ended up going to dallas like they're just kind of like gave it all you got you might as well uh, nothing to lose and and uh defense had like six turnovers and offense played well it was a it was a really fun game uh, that and the penn state game were probably two of my favorite um games for sure yeah, and, and obviously the season didn't end necessarily the way that it, it almost felt like because, you know, you guys dominated, really. Um, if You felt like a really good uh, Illini team. Was was that the feeling, too, at, at the end of the season, even though the bowl loss was um, unfortunate? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, even that bowl game, I feel like we, we, uh, we battled. I think uh, we had a turnover uh, kind of towards the end of the game. We felt like we were coming back, and, and then – I think we strip sacked the quarterback. We're running the other way, and then they they forced a fumble and got the ball right back. So then that was kind of the game there. But yeah, I mean it, it's tough. You it's nice to end your season on a win, but at the same time, for having two kind of really bad years, um, and for the senior class, it was kind of fun to to go to a bowl game and and try not to remember the the bowl game loss, but yeah. you think about the the good memories like Northwestern, Penn State, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, a kind of your favorite memory as, as an Illini? Um, probably the Penn State game. Um, just because I, I think, yeah, you, you go into it thinking, yeah, it'd be great to win two games. And I didn't go in starting that game, so it was kind of interesting that I got put in like right before halftime. And, mm-hmm. and then to um, go down that final drive, it was it was pretty cool, pretty emotional. My whole fa- it was senior day with like, 5,000 fans there because it was like Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving break. So uh, it was just kind of cool. It was just kind of like family family, and probably people that live close to Champaign were at that game. Um, so um, that was probably one of my favorite memories. And then really just the memories of after workouts, just hanging out in, in the locker room, um, playing video games, going to the football house, stuff like that um, were were awesome yeah and, and kind of my my last question um you were the one of the on, on the last team to go to a bowl game until this year did, did you kind of see similarities between the 2014 Alana and the 20 uh 2019 one 
yeah, I mean, it, you can kind of see that, like, um, especially this past season from the Illinois team, I mean, fighting all the way to the end of the game. I mean, there's games where you're going to get um, kind of punched in the mouth. But, um, I mean, like that Michigan State game, I think in years past you'd see some teams just kind of full. But the fact that they just kind of kept on fighting, came back, and um, it just seemed like there's – a lot of senior leadership, I think, is kind of a big thing, uh, or upperclassmen leadership, and that's going to have to be seniors. Um, just kind of seems like uh, they had very similar characteristics in, in that sense, where the older guys were, were good leaders, set an example for the younger guys. <clears throat> I think that is evident in those games where it may seem like it's going to go in one direction. They just keep fighting, and sometimes you don't come all the way back, but like like the Michigan State game or the hung in there, Wisconsin. Uh, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Riley, for coming on the uh, episode of uh, Oski Talk. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks to Riley O'Toole for coming on the show. And, you know, it was it was kind of nice to take a break from basketball talk for a second. Yeah. I His – there's a couple things I really like. The Mike Dudek thing um, about how he had a, a little sign for Mike Dudek, like, hey, um, this the ball's coming to you down the stretch, and, and how that played a factor in the Penn State game was really cool. Um, so that, that's cool to find out those like uh, little niche stories about Illinois yeah. football. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, you're more of an Illini fan than I was, at least back in the day. But, I mean, just hearing the way all of these people, I mean, even having Drew Casey on the other day, hearing all these people just talk about the way – you know, you leave, but you still feel like you're part of that Illini family. I think that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So, and when we have more guests in the future, which we will, we're not going to give anything away, but we will, I, that's the thing I kind of want to hammer out of these people, or at least talk to them about, because it is a huge Illini, Illini athletic family, and, and great for them to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that'll do it for this week of Oski Talk. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe. Um, for Anthony Pasquale, I am Patrick Catazone. Uh, thanks for listening. ILL. I and I. Beat Sparty.